I had a question during the Pelicans' loss to the Boston Celtics on Friday. What is this team's identity, and are they leaning into the wrong one? Let's answer that question in a little bit more in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday, week's worth of shows for you, yes, even with the holiday, since the Pelicans play on Wednesday night, we'll have a new podcast out on Thursday, on Thanksgiving Day, for when maybe you're getting your afternoon nap in, or if you need something to help you with all the cooking if you need a break from family whatever it is we're going to be here on that day so today's show well first thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen today and every day we're here monday through friday for y'all like no one else is even during a holiday week breaking down everything you want to know about this team today's episode of locked on pelicans is brought to you by prize picks first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 with promo code locked on that's prizepicks.com Promo code locked on. So, Pelicans lost to the Boston Celtics. And the final score looks better than this game actually was. It's 117-109. And the Pelicans had a couple of little runs that they went on, which made this one look close. But frankly, it feels like they got blown out in this one. Boston led by as many as 19 points. And New Orleans, even when they started to claw back into the game, were just never able to get over the hump. And I told John Corrales this when we were out the other night, and I said, you know, watching that game, if you had played six quarters, add two more on, were the Pelicans ever going to get a lead against Boston? And I think the answer to that was no. couple of things with that before we get into kind of the meat of the show today and the topic of the team's identity and kind of a lack thereof or leaning into the wrong one that I think they're doing. You know, they played this game without Zion. That's a big deal, obviously. They still are integrating some of these guys kind of back in. So it's it's weird to try and judge them without all of that in place. But I think you can kind of still see New Orleans is missing things, something. And it doesn't feel like they, they were very cohesive as a unit. And you've kind of seen that the past couple of games from this team, I think, at times. But it was very apparent in this game against the Boston Celtics that they were just like not all there as a unit. And I think that's a problem. So... Let me ask you this question. What do you think this team's identity is, if they even have one in the first place? And I think they do. I think what they're trying to do is kind of be a very, you know, positionless basketball, right? Put a lot of length athletes out there on the court and let them do their thing. It's a big reason why you're seeing Jonas Valanciunas not play a ton of minutes per game, despite at times him being a very key guy. It's why you're seeing them close with Larry Nance Jr. And I don't think that's necessarily the wrong thing to do. He was great in this game with 16 points, 8 rebounds, 7 of 8 shooting. But New Orleans wants to play small. They want to play small ball, a switchy small ball scheme that has length at the wing positions. They really like having Trey Murphy out there, Brandon Ingram, Najee Marshall, all switchable wings with some good length. You know, they like to have Larry Nance Jr. down low. That's a small ball lineup. 
Zion's in the mix somewhere too. They have small guards in CJ, in in um, Jose Alvarado, and in Devontae Graham. So they like to be this, this fast, small ball lineup that gets out and just does things. But the problem is, I don't think that's really working. I think that's what they want, or Willie Green, I should say, wants them to kind of be. But it very clearly wasn't working in this one. They, they really hurt defensively in this. You know, a lot of those guards don't do well in the pick and roll. And I think New Orleans has struggled defending the pick and roll all year. At times they switch, they play, they primarily switch. They'll run some different things against certain players. You saw peel coverage against John Morant. You have seen them play drop at times too, but overall they're not very good in the pick and roll. They have good rebounding numbers, but you've seen rebounding really kill them at times too. And in this game, they were out-rebounded significantly by the Boston Celtics. Boston grabbed 11 offensive rebounds in this one. And at times, the Pelicans didn't have anyone that could terminate a possession. So playing with that kind of small ball, I think is, is it, it works enough because Zion's talented, because Brandon Ingram's talented, because CJ McCollum's talented. And you have some talented individual defenders in Herb Jones, who probably had his best game of the year, by the way, in this one. 17 points on uh, 7 of 12 shooting. He made two threes, seven rebounds, two assists, three steals. Just kind of an overall very, very solid stretch from him. But this small ball lineup at times is just that. It's small and it doesn't work. And that's one of the reasons we've been clamoring to see Dyson Daniels out there over Devontae Graham. And that's starting to happen. Dyson almost played 18 minutes in this one. Devontae Graham just played eight. So his minutes have slowly been shrinking while Dyson's are clearly on the on the come up here. And it's a work in progress. But I think by leaning into this small ball lineup, it doesn't quite work. It, it doesn't quite work because of three-point shooting. This is something that's been said on this show and elsewhere too, right? It feels like the Pelicans need to take more threes. Beating the Chicago Bulls and the Memphis Grizzlies worked because they were making, or they were taking and making a lot of threes. In this one, they took 35, which is above what they normally take. Boston took 46. Boston made 20 of those 46 threes. The Pelicans made just 13. In a game that you lost by eight, and again, I feel it was greater than that, they had seven more made threes than you. That's a lot of points. It's 21 points. You're losing the math game. As John Krause said on the crossover episode, whatever you want to call it, whatever we did on Friday, um, that the Celtics would be thrilled to trade twos for threes, and that's what the Pelicans did in this. And anytime they would make a run, it was basically answered by a three from Boston. So they don't take enough threes with this small ball lineup. So what are you doing? Because if you're playing small ball, it should be to get out and run in transition and to be able to make threes. That's the kind of thing you're trying to do on offense. And I don't know if it's totally working. New Orleans was able to get out and run in this one because Boston was turning the ball over, but you still lost the game. You need to be doing both of those while also playing good defense. And certainly they weren't playing good defense with that small ball lineup in it. It makes me wonder if they need to lean into going big. So let's talk about Jonas Valanciunas rebounding, three-point shooting too, because that plays into this coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, I completely blanked on what I was going to say here. My computer just froze. I'm sorry about that. So this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
You know, navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, becoming a parent, you have big life events, and it can be stressful. And there's no, you know, playbook, there's no manual on how to navigate life. Well, BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, it's accessible anywhere, and it's 100% online. So sometimes you just need therapy to help you get through things, to learn coping skills, deal with self-empowerment, dealing with trauma. I've used therapy at times to just get through when life is hard. So as the world's leading therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% entirely online. Plus it's affordable. So you just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It could not be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month over at betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on NBA. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, and we will be this week breaking down everything you want to know about this team. And today, we are talking about the team's identity. I mentioned it's free, and no one else is coming to you like this. So now for your second listen, Locked On Sports Today, from the games that matter to the biggest stories in all of sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. So the Pelicans, I think their identity that they want is to be this small ball team, but it's not totally working. There's enough talent here to prevent them from being like an outright bad team. I de- they're not a bad team, even with this kind of influx, maybe wrong identity. Nine and seven is not horrible, though you have the Golden State Warriors coming to town, but they haven't they haven't won a road game yet, right? I think so. You're in a good position to still remain three games above 500 soon, but at a certain point, you know, um, over a month into the season, we can kind of feel like we have an understanding of this team, and I don't know if it's fully working. It feels like the Pelicans have left some wins on the table. It feels like they should be doing better than they are. And so how do they go about figuring out how to really unlock that true potential for this team? And that's kind of where the identity stuff I really think comes into play. You know, if they're going with the wrong one, there's enough individual talent to win. But then you're going to have games like you do against the Boston Celtics, admittedly one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league right now, with, you know, without Zion, your first or second best player here. So it's maybe a little tough to judge this team from that lens, but I think over the course of the season, we've really seen it. They try and play like a small ball team and aren't particularly effective at it. And there's just enough overall talent to, to bring them up. So maybe they need to shift that. Or maybe you need to make a trade to bring in players that are going to help you with that somewhat small ball lineup that you want to go with. John said in whatever you want to call the Friday episode we did, you know, that he was worried about the offensive rebounding for New Orleans and Jonas Valanciunas potentially having a big game for the Pelicans in this one. And Jonas was good in this game, I thought. And they didn't play him a ton. He was five of seven for 10 total points, but he only played 21 minutes. So in a game where you're struggling to get defensive boards, you're not getting the offensive rebounding that you really want either. You know, why not play a guy like that more other than maybe just Willie Green doesn't like him? I don't, I don't quite know. And You've seen that though Boston didn't burn New Orleans in second chance points, that's become a bit of a problem over the past couple of weeks. So I wonder if they do need to lean into being a tall team. If you're going to play small and not take the threes that you need to be taking, 
you may as well lean into another strength you have. And this could have been a Jonas Valanciunas game. It wasn't. And the lead just kind of went away from New Orleans. and They weren't able to ever really truly recapture it. So I'm wondering if they're doing this wrong. Should they be really attacking the offensive glass, trying to get second chance points? Zion certainly would help with that, but you could have done it, I think, in this game. Do you need more rebounding out there with a bigger guard like Dyson Daniels, who had more rebounds than Larry Nance Jr. in a game last week? And I think you're starting to see them move towards that a little bit, at least with Dyson, but it feels like they need to be attacking the glass a little bit more. Their rebounding stats look okay, and I don't think they're truly atrocious in this area. You know, they limited Boston to 10 second chance points in this one. That's that's an okay number to live with. But a lot of those were other three-point shots that Boston just missed in the second half off those offensive rebound opportunities that they had. And it feels like this is something they should really be trying to do more of and attacking the glass a little bit more to both end possessions and give themselves second chance points. Look, if you're not going to take and make threes, don't, don't have empty possessions and go after the offensive board to at least get two and maybe overwhelm teams that way. And the Pelicans did this to start the year. They were able to win games without making or taking a lot of threes, but they've gone away from that a little bit as you've seen Larry Nance Jr. really come along more. And again, I love Larry Nance Jr. This is one of my favorite players on the team right now. So I don't think you really want to cut his minutes down, but I think you need to start carving out more for Jonas and playing a little bit bigger and just realizing that that is where the strength of this team actually might be. And maybe that's what the identity of this squad needs to be. I'm curious what you think. Do you do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. I'm not 100% certain, but I think if you're starting to run more tall players out there, Dyson Daniels, Valanciunas, helping you with the rebounding, your defense is going to improve. You're going to eliminate second chance opportunities for opponents, meaning they won't be able to get the ball, kick it around, take an open three-pointer off of a missed shot in the first place. And that helps you somewhat with the math, I think. And getting you level with there and not losing and trading twos for threes like they did against the Boston Celtics. I'm going to be curious to see if we see a little bit of a shift in the rotation, you know, a heavier dose for Valanciunas. I don't want them just to run post-ups through him because they do that, then they clear out and no one moves off ball and gives the guy, Zion's included in this, an outlet. So things need to be tweaked and changed because while this team is good, and they're going to continue to be good enough. I don't think they've reached their full potential. I don't totally love what we're seeing about them. And it's time they kind of really have a clear idea of who they are or start making and looking into making moves that fit that. Whether that's playing small ball, in which case, you know, what's the point of Valanciunas on the squad in the first place? I think he's got a big role. I talked about that last week too. But if you're not going to use him, Trade him, get something else, right? Like make 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 a deal that works a little bit better for you and the team that you have or lean into what I think is a strength here. Trey Murphy, who we'll talk about him and Zion coming up on the injury front. We'll talk about that in the next segment here, is a good rebounder. Zion's an amazing offensive rebounder. Herb Jones can do some damage on the boards. Go after that. Don't let teams beat you, get second chance opportunities and then bury you under a three or other things. I don't know. Let me know what you think in the comments down below on YouTube or on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake while Twitter still exists. All right, coming up next, injury updates. Zion, is he going to be playing? What about Trey Murphy in this one as well? How 
impactful is that potentially going to be? That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. I love Prize Picks because it's daily fantasy made easy. If Zion plays in this one, you can go uh, more points than 25 and a half. I think he can definitely do that. We've seen Brandon Ingram get his three-point shot back. You see that number on there? More than three and a half three-pointers made. So I love prize picks because daily fantasy made easy. You pick two to six players, and if they go and score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And the best part is you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. You see the number, you pick more than that or less than that. It's re- like really simple. PrizePix offers projections on any sport you watch, including the NBA, NFL. You know, you can get in on the World Cup as well in any sport, really. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They offer, also offer safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com, sign up, and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's free money right there. If you deposit $100, they're going to give you $100. You deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget, enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. Today, we've been talking about this team's identity. What is it? What is it? Because I'm not entirely sure. Well, I think I know what it is, as I explained in the first segment, but I'm not sure that's what it should be. And maybe they need to tweak their approach and what they're doing just a little bit. Let me know in the comments down below if you agree or disagree. So they're dealing with some injuries too, and that's why I said maybe it's not super fair to judge them in this Celtics game. And I want, you know, that was to be kind of expected, but they were just never really in it, never really close. And in a sense, it's kind of like failing the first you know, big test. This was a barometer game, I think, for them, and they didn't measure up. But again, it might not be the fairest thing to to say with that. So Zion is upgraded to probable for this game against the Golden State Warriors. That's certainly big. They've struggled on the road. You really want to beat them. He's probably going to have some rust coming back. There's going to be, this team will be a little bit out of sorts, I think, with him back. Hopefully they can kind of figure it out, get him back into a rhythm. You know, it sounds like that foot, you know, it was also the foot that he had had the surgery on and all the issues last year. So when people hear contusion and are like, what's going on? Is there something great here? I don't think so. I think they're just being super careful. They are super cautious with him. Treat him with kids gloves, whether you think that's the right thing or not. That's the approach that they take. And on that foot, even though he's fully cleared, he's been playing, you probably don't want to risk anything with it. I don't know if there's, you know, given everything he went through, if there's ever a risk for kind of re-injuring it or re-aggravating it in the future, if that's more prone to having an issue. I want to find out. I don't want to have to look that up, right? So just maybe rest him, but it'd be nice to get him back, get him into a rhythm. And at a certain point, they probably do need to stop babying him to a certain uh, level here like they do. But he should, I'm expecting to see him play in this one. He said after the Celtics game that he was for sure playing on Monday night. So it's Monday night, so he should be in there. Now, there's another foot contusion. I guess these things spread, right? And that's to Trey Murphy III. They they need him. This is a guy that's a really important player. He's been starting in Zion's absence. You've seen his game grow this year a lot. 
not just the three-point shooting, but how to attack defenses when they respect his three-point shooting, which they certainly do this year, which I think is a wonderful thing to see. But not having him is going to hurt the math when it comes to this Pelican squad, I think. You know, the Warriors still have Clay. They still have um, Steph Curry, too. They like to shoot threes. Poole can do that as well. So you've really got to try and keep up with all of that in for the Pelicans. You need more three-point shooting. You're going to need to take them and hopefully make them and not having Trey Murphy in there, probably your best three-point shooter this season. Not even probably he is. I think could hurt him in this game. So you've got to make that, you know, uh, make up for that elsewhere. Jose Alvarado is going to need to hit his threes after not making one against the Boston Celtics. You're going to hope that Dyson Daniels is ready to shoot a little bit because he's going to be pressed into action for his size, and they're going to use him as a defensive wing, I think, a good bit in this one too. So it kind of throws things out of sorts. And it's, you know, one of the things that's been frustrating with this Pelican season is a lot of like weird injuries that keep people out for just a short period of time and have not really led to this team getting a lot of cohesion. Hopefully this isn't a big deal, but I don't expect Trey Murphy to play just given how the Pelicans deal with injuries. He's officially listed as questionable while Zion is probable. Questionable for the Pelicans often means out. I'm sure he'll give it a go in warmups. We'll see if he ends up playing. I hope he does. I wouldn't expect it, but we should at least see Zion in this one, which is like a lot of reinforcements coming in for New Orleans right there. So hopefully they can get the win. And no matter what happens, we're going to recap it right here tomorrow on the Locked On Pelicans podcast. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show as well. And of course, leave a comment down below on YouTube. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. And we'll be back with you all tomorrow.